Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Seat at the Table podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Heron, lead editor at HR Daily Advisor. This podcast focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, featuring thoughtful conversations and insight from experts, change makers, and leaders from the business world. We all know that divorce can be costly. According to a recent study, the average divorce can cost upward of $15,000. And if you have disputes over finances or custody, that number can be even higher. But did you know that divorces are costly for employers as well? Experts say relationship-related stress, especially divorce, can cost companies $300 billion a year. Experts have also found that in the six months before and one year after an employee's divorce, their productivity drops by 40%. Furthermore, divorce doesn't just affect one employee, but also co-workers and supervisors as they have to take up the slack where their colleague is going through a difficult time and, of course, having a hard time staying focused on the job. Now, companies have procedures about what to do if one of their team members has a death in the family or they must take care of a child who's sick or someone who's suffering from a long-term illness. But although 10% of their workforce goes through a divorce every year, most companies don't have plans to support these employees. Fortunately, my guest for today's episode, Sherry Atwood, she's an expert in this area. Sherry is CEO and founder of Support Pay, a co-parenting solution that manages alimony, child support payments, and expenses. Support Pay also offers first-of-its-kind employee benefits for divorce and separation. So with that said, let's just dive into it. Sherry, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me and, and addressing such a critical topic that few people are talking about. Absolutely. I was actually going to include that in my intro, so thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, of course, we're going to delve into this very timely topic, but my first question for you, Sherry, please tell me, what is your definition of having a seat at the table? My definition of having a seat at the table is being able to bring viewpoints or family situations to light that many people may not have experienced themselves, so they don't even really think about it, um, even though it impacts so many people. So being able to have that diversity of views from many different people at the forefront so we can talk about it. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Just going back to, obviously, what we're here to talk about today, divorce, we don't talk about divorce in the workplace. Yeah, you're right. And there's there there's just a huge stigma out there for divorce or separation or even post-divorce, myself included. I was an executive in Silicon Valley. And as part of the interview uh, to get uh, promoted to vice president, one of my colleagues said, are you sure you can do this job as a single mom? Because uh, he knew I was a single mom. Most people are afraid to admit it or say it or talk about it at work because of the stigmatism uh, or this stigma that's out there um, because of it. Can you talk about this, that stigma of, of a divorce in the workplace and its implications for employees, but also managers? Absolutely. I think, as you mentioned in your opening, right, when somebody dies in your family, you get the support. When you're having a child, they know you're going to be out for an extended period of time. But when you're going through, as the experts say, the second most stressful life event, divorce, and trying to manage life after the divorce, no one talks about it. And we've even found that as we have been rolling out support pay as an employee benefit, one of the first things I hear from uh, HR leaders is, well, no one's asking for this. 
No one's, you know, we do our annual survey and nobody asks for this solution. And then when we rolled out uh, to one of our early customers, they were shocked by the adoption. And they said, I can't, I, we far exceeded our, our uh, targets. And they, the vice president of benefits there said, I can't believe this. No one was asking for it. And I said, yeah, because no one wants to tell you that they're struggling with this because they feel like they will be impacted and their job, their promotion opportunities um, will be impacted because then their employer may feel like they can't do their job. And so they don't want to talk about it, but they can talk about all these other things, you know, that impact their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in that same vein, when I think about just benefits in general, of course, being in this uh, field, other benefits that people we're not talking about as much as we should, or people are don't know that they can bring up. People don't bring up fertility benefits, but that doesn't mean they don't want them. You know exactly, exactly. And you, in the past few years, you're now seeing a big push for fertility benefits, right? That are incredibly expensive for the employer. Um, I always joke around, right? You help them get pregnant, you help them get the baby, right? Uh, you give them time off, and uh, you help them with retirement. But life between divorce and retirement, there's kind of this black hole of support. And at the same time, arguably, working parents are the most productive and the least likely to turn over. So they're the most loyal, yet they get the least amount of dedicated benefits that can actually help them on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, tying this back to divorce as well, like you said, uh, as well, that support, it's not even, it's not just at the time when they're going through uh, the unfortunate event, but also even after the fact. Uh, I read an article this morning talking about how it can take about six years, maybe four to six years for an employee to give back to that level of productivity that they had prior to the divorce. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing is even in the media, everybody talks about divorce, right? And how long it is and how expensive it is, which it absolutely is. It's very stressful and expensive, but no one talks about life after the divorce. So now all of a sudden, yes, you've gone through it. And I I will honestly say this happened to me. Um, I faced my own divorce. I'm a child of a divorce and my parents had a horrific divorce. So when I faced my own divorce, my ex and I swore it would be amicable. And it was, I did the divorce myself because we didn't want to get into this long fight and spend all this money. Um, And like many people, I was like, yes, now my life is going to be great after. And then I was like, oh my God, wait, you know, the top reasons you get divorced is because of money and communication. Yet when you divorce or separate with children, you have to communicate about money and it doesn't get better. It gets worse and it never ends. Like it's as long as your children, even people believe, you know, child support ends at 18. It doesn't, but you have to continue to deal with the other parent for much longer than a divorce, but no one's talking about, okay, once you have a divorce, you have an order how do you actually manage it? It's left up to the parents to do this, right? They have no system or, you know, before support pay, they had no way to actually manage it. And those are the times that, you know, mentioned in your study is the biggest impact on productivity, even years and years in the future. Wow. And of course, uh, we know that most women lose in divorce. I didn't even know divorce inequality was a, was a thing. Uh, would you mind talking about what uh, companies can do about divorce inequality? Absolutely. And the biggest reason why women, what they lose in divorce is one, many times they're not involved in the finances, you know, during the marriage or 
after the marriage, then they have the support order. Parents are supposed to share expenses. And many times, and I was did this myself, was like, you know what? I don't even want to argue about this. Forget it. And I would just walk away from money that was rightfully supporting my daughter. That was, you know, as I would tell my ex, like, your daughter isn't free. I'm not asking for anything more than it takes to support her. And so they just say, I don't want to argue about it. I'll just walk away. But they you know, need the money, they need the finances, plus the burden of childcare, emergency childcare, you know, when the child gets sick, typically falls on the mother, right? Plus all of the coordination of events, right? And signing them up for, you know, extracurricular activities or finding the childcare. A lot of these things fall on the shoulders of typically the mother or the primary caregiver. At the same time, what I found is in when it comes to, um, you know, men, especially if they're the one paying, the feedback we've gotten consistently from our users and even before support pay was, I have no problem paying. I just want to know the money's going to my kid and not to my ex to support their lifestyle. So it's not that they're unwilling to pay. They just want to see the proof. And that's why one of the key um, components of our product is you enter an expense and you attach a receipt. And so similar to an expense report at work, now that parent gets proof that it's for their child and now they're 90% more likely to pay. So the women don't have to feel like they're nagging and begging or walking away. And yet, you know, men in particular aren't the ones doing the shopping. They're not the ones, you know, spending this. They truly feel like, oh, okay, the money is going to my child, so I'm more likely to pay. So really taking away some of those, uh, you know, issues that may result that have caused women to have to take on more, lose in finances, but also to help uh, men understand the process and what they're going through and showing that they really are supporting their kids. And at the end of the day, that's who wins and who loses are the children. Of course, the kids are uh, most important at the end of the day. Doubling back a little bit here, divorce costs employers billions of dollars. Now, how can organizations cut down on these costs? Absolutely. So the number one thing is the productivity loss. And you have to understand now you have to, it's hard enough coordinating your schedules with, you know, your significant other at home, but now try to do it with somebody who doesn't live there or trying to manage the finances. And it's incredibly time consuming. Uh, What we found by even one of our early customers is that um, after we rolled them out, we're actually saving them over $47 million every year in productivity costs alone. And the way that we calculated that was we did a survey prior to them using support pay on how many hours a week they were spending managing finances, custody, communicating, get inter- getting interrupted, you know, by a text message from your ex while you're in the middle of work. This happened to me also, you know, pulling my, getting my admin to pull me out of meetings because he couldn't remember if he was supposed to pick our daughter up or if I was, you know, all of these things. And so they were, the research or the survey was saying that they were spending between eight to 10 hours a week on this. We even moved that down to five hours a week. We said, fine, if you're paying five, you know, five hours a week on these, on these tasks after using support pay, they're spending less than one hour a week dealing with this because we automate a lot of it. And so that alone, that four hours per week per employee of that are using our app um, at the employer, saving them $47 million, allowing them and actually giving them tools to be more productive. You know, you give them, you give them email, you give them a calendar at work, right? You give them all these things. You try to make their lives easier for entering data and using a computer. Why not help them and give them productivity tools of something that 
does so dramatically cause them to lose focus at work, right? And allow them to get back to what's important and not be spending so many manual hours dealing with this. Wow. I love that. I love that. Now, Sherry, I've got uh, one more question for you. But before I get to that question, is there anything else that you'd like to add or talk about? No, I just think that I'm, again, thank you so much for having me here and really starting to talk about this. It's a topic that people maybe are afraid to talk about or don't talk about. But again, as I'll always go back, you have to also think of these working parents, there are arguably the most productive, like they always say, give a busy person something to do and it'll actually get done, right? Uh, so you're helping them, but more importantly, they're the most loyal, especially in ter- times like this. You want the hardest working, most loyal, uh, least likely to turn over or change jobs. You want to give them that support. So by highlighting a topic that so few are talking about, I think it's really it really benefits not only our, our world, the working parents, but the organization, um, and, and really helping them showing and demonstrating their support for um, their employees all the way around. Absolutely. I love that. Okay, Sherry, my final question here is my million dollar question is my favorite question. Are you ready? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm ready. Don't, oh, don't let it be hard. Come on. Okay, go ahead. It won't be hard <laughs> I would never do that to you. I would never do that to you. <laughs> Sherry, what's on your heart? what's on my heart, compassion, compassion and empathy and trying to actually make a difference in the world in some small way. I think that's the biggest thing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, why did you do this? And I would honestly say, I wish I could say it was for the money. Unfortunately, it isn't. I could have stayed, you know, having a very lucrative career, but I really wanted to make a difference in this world in some small way and demonstrate that, you know, we can help our kids, we can be better for our kids, get to the end of the day, that's who's impacted. And by helping parents, helping children out there, I hope it demonstrates compassion and empathy to people to show that I just truly just want to help them out and make their lives a little bit better if I possibly can. I love that. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that, Sherry. This has been a purely delightful conversation. Thank you for being with being here with me today. Thank you. And thank you for having me as a guest. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. To our listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. And remember, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Again, I'm Bianca Heron. Join us next time at the table. And as always, we'll have your seat waiting for you.